The media can be a weapon, it can be used for good, and it definitely is powerful. It's a powerful tool. Pamela Anderson was the bombshell of the 90s and one of its biggest stars. So why has she never been able to tell her own story? The public narrative of Pam is still shaped by the sex tape from her honeymoon with Tommy Lee that was stolen and leaked to the public. It practically introduced the concept of the sex tape into the mainstream, was a defining moment in the history of the internet and tabloid journalism, and is revisited in the new eight-part series Pam and Tommy. When people in porn have sex on camera, we, we are giving consent for people to watch us. Did Pam Anderson sign her release? This tape redefined Pam in public consciousness from actress, playmate, and pinup to, essentially, porn star, which, given the tape was released non-consensually, was incredibly wrong and unfair. A tape was stolen from Tommy Lee and myself. IEG is now selling that tape worldwide illegally without my or Tommy's consent. In the post-Me Too era, once-shamed stars from the 90s and aughts from Monica Lewinsky to Britney Spears are reclaiming their narratives and telling their stories on their terms. Pam and Tommy similarly reframes Pam as the victim of a misogynist culture, drawing attention to how wild it was that no one listened to her repeatedly assert why watching and selling that tape wasn't okay. Still, is victim the way that Pam, who refused to participate in the Pam and Tommy miniseries, actually sees herself? Or are people continuing to make assumptions about this woman that ignore a lot of what she's expressed, like joy, gratitude, and pride toward all that her career has allowed her to achieve? And it's in like a hundred countries or something like that. Over a hundred countries, right. Uh-huh. And, right. and a billion people see this show Yeah. every yeah. week. Now, with an upcoming official Pamela Anderson documentary, it looks like Pam is finally aiming to retake control of her narrative, her way. You are writing a book and you're working on a Netflix documentary about your life. What are you most excited to share about your story? Well, sharing my story, first of all. <laughs> Here's our take on the real three-dimensional Pamela Anderson and how as she begins to tell her own story, there are hints it's not the story people will be expecting. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get notified about all our new videos. We have a brand new episode of The Takeaway on the Prime Video YouTube channel, and it's all about the wilds. The Wild season two is out on May 6th. We are getting ready by digging into all of the mysteries and unanswered questions of season one. Looking at the season two trailer definitely teases out that we're going to find out more. I think there are gonna be some surprises. So check out our latest episode of The Takeaway on the Prime Video YouTube channel. Pamela Anderson has always been defined in the public imagination as a sex symbol. You know, we, uh, we're on at 135. You could have felt comfortable to dress more provocatively if you wanted to. <laughs> a chance shot of her on the Jumbotron at a Canadian football game in 1989 wearing a Labatt's beer t-shirt launched her career as the Blue Zone girl for Labatt Beer, which then attracted the attention of Playboy and she was appearing on their cover within the year. I'm Playboy. I'm... You're a Playboy yeah, girl. Playboy girl. Yeah. Anderson followed in the American tradition of the pinup girl, women with hourglass figures and coy looks to camera who were literally designed to appeal to men, originally to boost soldiers' morale during wartime. Playboy's introduction was a direct evolution of the pinup girl's popularity, and in Anderson's first long-term TV role as Lisa the Tool Time Girl in sitcom Home Improvement, the image of her in workman's clothes, carrying power tools, and effectively just there as the assistant to All-Americans Tim and Al Here you go, Tim. Special delivery. consciously evoked some of that classic wartime imagery of women surrounded by heavy machinery, cheering the men on from the sidelines. 
Also, like the archetypal pinup, Pamela had the feeling of being drawn to perfectly mirror back male desires, and her body and looks evolved over time as she perfected the bleached blonde Playboy bunny ideal. I mean, nothing major, just like a cup size two at most. I think God made you perfect just the way you are. But if you want to try and top him. This idea of her as the ultimate male fantasy was cemented through her role as CJ Parker in Baywatch, whose iconic red swimsuit felt tailor-made to display her pinup-esque body in slow-mo and whose character spent week after week rescuing stranded men and women. What's interesting is how this depiction of Anderson as purely a sex symbol is seen differently by different people. Some seem to feel it has devalued Anderson as someone to be taken seriously, as if there's a cost to owning your sexuality so publicly. But on the other hand, Anderson has been embraced by countless fans, artists, designers, and experimental filmmakers. Pop artists Ed Ruscha and Jeff Koons are both her close friends, and she's been the subject of work for both of them, as well as Richard Prince and Dave LaChapelle. Speaking about her love of pop art in the Financial Times in 2020, she said, They tell me that every time I walk out the door, it's performance art. You know, they kind of look at me as a living work of pop art. Pam exists in this paradoxical triangle, art piece, artist's muse, and artist, and the three identities are often in conversation with one another. For experimental filmmaker Luke Guilford, Pam was the perfect subject through which to explore issues of image and beauty in the 21st century in his short film, Connected. In it, Anderson plays a fitness influencer who feels separated by her age from a society defined by youth and wellness and is desperately trying to claw that back. I feel connected. Anything. Guilford writes, what is the evolution of a performer who has made her mark on the world with her body, something that inevitably depreciates with age? I wanted to ask these questions in the film and to bring forth a vulnerable performance that blurs the lines between reality and fiction. Intimacy and finding strength in being vulnerable is a big part of Pamela's public story. Even Pam's role in Borat showcases this same tendency towards self-referentiality that she has and perhaps doesn't get enough credit for. The film positions her as this over-the-top ideal of American femininity and sexuality, and she plays up to that. Golden hairs, teeth as white as pearls. For the first time in my life, I was in love. But the perfect pinup public image of Pam obscured some of the more traumatic realities of her background. Pam grew up with an absent alcoholic father, was a victim of child sexual abuse from a very young age, and was sexually assaulted multiple times during high school. Nobody really knew this side of Pam's history, and it was only in the 2010s as the wider conversation shifted that she seemed comfortable sharing this information. Yeah, we, we naturally blame ourselves. I didn't tell my mother for a long time, and... Even when I told her, she went, oh, well, that's in the past. Don't even think about it anymore. Pam finally opened up about her trauma at the Cannes Film Festival in 2014, revealing how the abuse she suffered brought her close to ending her life. Needless to say, I had a hard time trusting humans, and I just wanted off this earth. Perhaps that lack of trust and impulse to be strong enough to power through any trial is why she's always been defiant in her assessment of the most infamous thing to happen to her during the 90s. We never gave them the right to sell the videotape or distribute the videotape anywhere in the world. The sex tape made by Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee on their honeymoon and then stolen from their home and distributed to many millions of viewers in the early days of internet video completely altered Anderson's public image. And not that there's a good time to have a private sex tape release, but for Pam, it probably couldn't have come at a worse time. The Pam and Tommy miniseries portrays Pam's career as ascending at this point in the 90s. She's being considered for meteor storylines on Baywatch and is branching out into cinema. Listen, the second that Barbara comes out... Yeah, well, 
It has to be a hit. Of course it's gonna be a hit. But the release of the tape turns her from titillating girl next door on the verge of becoming a movie star to being defined as essentially a porn actress, something that would completely color the future kinds of roles she'd be offered and how her work would be judged. She's steaming pile of shit. <laughs> That's the second best movie she's been in this year. Now, barbed wire is seen as kind of a joke. I'm looking for a light. Got one. The film earned six Razzie nominations in 1997, and Anderson was given the ignominy of winning the Razzie for Worst New Star. She was also nominated for Worst Actress, and her breasts were nominated for Worst Screen Couple. But while it was never going to be Oscar material, at the time there was a sense of anticipation around the film, with Anderson's name being mentioned as a potential new female action hero in the vein of Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger, and a step forward in terms of female representation on screen, with Anderson saying, finally a female action hero with all these great one-liners for women. Don't call me babe. The movie was from the same comic book franchise that had already had major hits with Time Cop and The Mask, so there was no reason to believe Barb Wire wouldn't do the same. We got a major feature film though now, don't we though? Here you anyway, are. That's my karma. Hopefully this will do well. Looking back on the narrative around Pam at the time, it almost feels like she was pushing herself as one thing while the media were setting her up to fail. You know, I feel like I have a bounty on my head right now. The shoot for Barb Wire was also very difficult for Pam. She found out she was pregnant early on in the shooting, but no concessions were made to account for this on the schedule and she lost the baby, an event Pam and Tommy also connects to the stress of the sex tape mania. After that, she had to have surgery for endometriosis, but despite these being extremely traumatic events, the media saw it as another opportunity to bring her down and she had to fight to correct and control the narrative. This but is when all those rumors came hard. up, you're on drugs, you're, you're messed up or something like that, but you're yeah. saying it was these other medical problems. Well, I had a miscarriage and I had endometriosis, so. Yeah. This treatment of Pam followed a pattern of examples of the media seeing her as essentially fair game for ridicule and exploitation because of the tape. Rather than acknowledging how the theft and distribution of this tape was a harmful crime against her, people used it as a stick to beat her with. Apparently they spend most of the video completely naked. Yeah. Or as Pam likes to call it, work attire. <laughs> this bore out in legal proceedings too. Pam and Tommy tried to sue Penthouse for publishing images of the tape, but the case was thrown out because the judge deemed it to be a newsworthy story and the image is no longer private property. You're talking about two people that have basically, you know, exploited their sexuality to get to where they are. The tape's ramifications went far beyond just Pam and Tommy. It set in motion the chain of events that would lead to the voracious, misogynistic tabloid journalism of the aughts and the celebrityfication of reality TV, which up until that point had focused on normal everyday people, like the cast of MTV's The Real World, running since 1992. Seven strangers <laughs> picked to live in a loft and have their lives taped to find out what happens <laughs> what? when people stop being polite. A demand had been created, and despite the vocal protests from Pam and Tommy, it had been unanimously decided that there was nothing wrong about what happened to them. It's a reaction that continued to color the future release of celebrity sex tapes or leaked nude photos. It's only relatively recently as we get more savvy about the concept of revenge porn that people are at last seeing it as the violation it always has been. It's not funny. It's not funny. This is devastating to us. Pam also became a victim again when Lee was arrested for felony spousal abuse charges. For 
for which he spent six months in prison in 1998. Because they eventually recoupled before separating again, the narrative around Pam never really changed. Even in the Pam and Tommy miniseries, his physical abuse is only mentioned as a text postscript in what's mostly framed as a sweet yet doomed love story that might have worked out if not for the sex tape madness. Still, while it's important to do justice to all that Pam endured, is victim truly the word Pam would want used to describe herself? She too frames her romance with Tommy as true love that was thwarted by circumstances. I've never been out of love with Tommy. What happened? We probably should have stuck it out. We had all those people following us around. We were married young, married quick. And she looks back on her career very much highlighting the positives. <laughs> like, do you think you're the most successful sort of person to come out of Playboy. Did you ever I say to yourself, oh my God, how did this really happen? Oh, all the time. I don't know how it really happened. So what is Pamela Anderson's real story? I'm not being deposed anymore by these horny, weird lawyer men. We stole the property. We never, either of us made anything wow. from it. With documentaries like Citizen Rose, Framing Britney Spears, and Surviving R. Kelly, and biographical dramas like Bombshell and Impeachment, women who were publicly mistreated in the 90s and aughts are now telling their own stories, revealing how misogynistic the culture was and fighting back against that. I just didn't feel me. No, okay, you didn't do anything wrong. Pam and Tommy situates itself within this conversation. While the story may be about both celebrities, the narrative focuses on how the tape's release affected Pam in a far worse way, how jokes were made at her expense, and how nobody really took her pain and anguish seriously. How is this worse for you? Why? Because of your big career? Which is so much bigger than mine. But Tommy, it's not because of my big career, it's because I'm a woman! But an important difference between this and impeachment or bombshell is that Pamela Anderson wasn't involved in the production and has purportedly distanced herself from the project entirely, with a source telling Entertainment Weekly she will never watch it, not even the trailer. Esquire's Emma Garland also argues that Pam and Tommy is marketed with the same tabloid salaciousness that surrounded the tape in the first place. It foregrounds their humanity, unlike the news cycles at the time, but without Anderson's involvement cannot have the reclaiming history moment it seems to be going for. Pam and Tommy seeks above all to do justice to how Pam was a victim. What does she do to deserve what you've done to her? Do you have any idea what you put that warm, kind, sweet woman through? But most of what Anderson actually says suggests that's not a defining aspect of how she views her overall story. What's maybe most ironic about society trying to put Pamela Anderson into the post-Me Too victim narrative box is that she herself has been critical of the Me Too movement. I think this... Feminism can go too far. I'm a feminist, but I think that this third wave feminism is, is a bore. I think it paralyzes men. One of the biggest targets of Me Too was the publication that launched Pam's career in Playboy, and she has always staunchly refuted any claims that the magazine and Hugh Hefner were in any way abusive or exploitative. I think Hefner was a great um, uh, civil rights activist. He was an activist for so many, for human rights and for women. This refusal to have her narrative taken from her is present in the announcement after Pam and Tommy came out of an upcoming official Netflix documentary on her life. In her Instagram reveal, she wrote, I can only surprise you, not a victim, but a survivor, and alive to tell the real story. It's still valid to observe the ways in which Anderson was victimized by events, even if some of the terms used might not feel accurate to how she'd likely speak about it.
They can't actually say that sluts don't get to decide what happens to pictures of their body, so they say something else instead. But we can also understand why making Pam's story into only or even primarily a post-MeToo victim tale would feel reductive to a woman who's lived so many lives, achieved such a high profile, and undergone so many periods of self-creation and reinvention. It's a big time for me. I have so much to promote and so much good things going on. Really, should we be surprised that Pam's reclaiming of the narrative isn't what people might expect it to be? There has always been a disconnect between how the world sees her and how she sees herself. People have actually asked me to be more Pamela Anderson. Like, oh, wow. I'm a real person. Even her career at Playboy, given the abuse she suffered, feels like a radical reclamation of her body and her sexuality, and maybe explains why she's stuck by the magazine so staunchly with loyalty for so long. She's always spoken very positively about her career at Playboy as empowering and enjoyed being viewed as the top sex symbol. We cut your skirt off because you, you were upset that it wasn't sexy enough. <laughs> it was too long. I cut my skirt a lot in public places. I do that. Right. While Pam and Tommy highlights her vulnerability and suggests a sense of underlying insecurity. Is that how you feel? Like you have to please people? That's all I do. Pam and her public appearances often projects a very strong confidence. Oh, who guess is boring? Let's talk Beyond, about something. No, 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 no. Even if she's knowingly dancing a certain dance to please her male fans, there's rarely a sense of diffidence or uncertainty coming through. And she's unfiltered and outspoken in many situations, including in the way she always clapped back about the sex tape. You're supposed to be my friend, and I you're like, you, you know, jump on the bandwagon, everyone's making fun of us. And The fact that she draws a firm distinction between her Playboy career and a non-consensual adult tape really shouldn't be confusing. Nor should it be so surprising to people that a Playboy girl can also be an innocent romantic. Well, the magazine kind of objectified yeah. a sexiness, but it was kind of innocent compared to what's going on these days. Fiercely loving mother, or go for relationships with men who aren't exactly what her fans expected. What, what do you see in this Kid Rock character? I mean, he's like 100 pounds wet. The idea of Pam as an activist has also often butted against her sexy image, as if these two things can't go hand in hand. In the documentary The Islands and the Whales, which focuses on the practice of whale hunting in the Faroe Islands, we witness a press conference in which journalists quiz Pamela on why she's there to protest the hunt as a member of Greenpeace's Sea Shepherd Project. If we're not eating whale meat, maybe uh, once a month, what are we supposed to eat instead? Do you have any idea? Be vegetarian. While the documentary presents a very even-handed view of the practice, in that moment it's clear that Pam is seen as an outsider, there to garner publicity and not offer anything of real substance. But again, this erases a much longer history of activism, from her relationship with PETA that goes back to the mid-90s, to helping with the Haitian Earthquake Relief Fund in 2013, to campaigning to combat climate change. So really, perhaps it's not a case of Pamela reclaiming anything, but us listening more to her telling us about who she really is and always has been. While she's the author of several published books, going back to 2004's Star, in 2017, W Magazine questioned her about having a section on her website dedicated to writing. She answered, I've been doing this for years. I don't know where everybody has been. They're like, oh, you're finally doing something with your life. And I'm like, mother I've been doing this since I came to LA. A real kind of wild, creative side to me, like, and I've already produced a few kind of short films. We may think we're in a process of reevaluating how women are seen, but are we guilty of just creating another one-dimensional box that doesn't fit? Whenever Pamela Anderson does anything clashing with the interpretation of her as essentially a blonde bimbo, people react with surprise. We're surprised she's an activist, surprised she's a writer, surprised she's beloved by this community of artists and designers. At what stage does that surprise say more about us than it does about Pam? I speak at the Kremlin a lot about environmental issues. And I, you do? Yes, every I December. Know that. Yes, I've been there four times now. 
It shows just how deeply the narratives around Pam are embedded in the culture, to the point where even people who think they approach her with an open mind are still, maybe unconsciously, wrestling with their own assumptions about who she is. Today, Pam feels like an important influence on a number of celebrities. Kim Kardashian occupies a similarly male fantasy, and came to prominence in a similar way, although an important contrast is that it's widely claimed that Kim's sex tape was deliberately leaked by her team as a way to promote keeping up with the Kardashians. Would you be where you are had there not been a sex tape? I really had to work ten times harder to get people to see the real me." But really, Pam's celebrity feels like it was born in a different era, one that may never exist again, before the intense exposure of social media, back when what made celebrities fascinating was their mystique and their charisma, which is what fed such voracious demand for intrusive paparazzi. But given how we keep getting surprised at what Pam does next, maybe despite the best efforts of the media, she still has that mystique. Maybe she'll always have it. That's what I do. I like to take on a persona. That's, that's what I do. This is The Take on your favorite movie shows and culture. Subscribe so you can watch all of our videos.